What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Finn Sports Football Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony John Deletti Jr., and today we are going to be previewing the Dolphins' Week 10 matchup against the 3-5 Cleveland Browns. But before we get into that, if this is your first time here on the channel, welcome. Super happy to have you here. If it's not your first time, thank you for your continued support and glad to have you back. Regardless, I'd love for you guys to subscribe to the channel on whatever podcast streaming service you are listening to, Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor, uh, and leave us a review. You know, if, if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review. I'd love uh, for you guys to leave a description too. tell me what you like, tell me what, you know, I could get better out on the channel because at the end of the day, this channel is meant for you guys. It's meant to give you the best quality uh, that you can get. And so, you know, let me know what, what you'd like to see maybe on the podcast in the future. So week 10 matchup against the Cleveland Browns, three and five Cleveland Browns. Uh, and I think when I look at this game, the first thing that jumps out to me is the Browns, um, they're really not as bad as their record may seem. Uh, not that three and five is horrible, but you know, when I look at their record, this is one of those games, kind of like if you remember the Bears game last week, you know, I, I talked about how the Bears may be, you know, not as good record wise as the Dolphins, but especially in the last coming weeks. Uh, last several weeks, they had been really ramping things up, gearing things up on offense. And I think we unfortunately saw that against them. Luckily, we were able to escape with the win. But, you know, when I look at this Bears game, I, I or, or this Browns game, I apologize. I, I, I'm thinking the same thing. You know, the Browns, obviously, three and five. They have Jacoby Prissett at quarterback. Obviously, they, they trade in the offseason, $230 million fully guaranteed they trade a bunch of first round picks for Deshaun Watson he's not playing until week 12 I believe I think it's either 11 or 12 week suspension I forget if he comes back in week 12 or week 13 but nonetheless they have Jacoby Brissett at quarterback and you know it's very clear that they're just trying to make do until he gets there and hope that when Deshaun comes back they're kind of still in the thick of the playoff race but I look at the Browns and I look at their schedule and you know, I think two clear games and Dolphins fans know oh too well about looking back at the season and being like, man, these are games that we should have won. And, you know, seven times out of 10, we're going to win those games and it's really going to change the outlook of our season. And when I look at the Browns schedule, I look at the Jets game and I look at the Atlanta game and say the Jets, man, if they don't botch that onside kick, that's a win for the Browns. And not only does that affect the Browns, it also affects the Dolphins because the New York Jets would have one less loss. And I look at the Atlanta Falcons game and I go, man, if the Browns play the Atlanta Falcons 10 times, they're going to win seven to eight of them, you know? And so I think those are two games that you look at where I think the Browns are a better team. And if they come out and win those games, you know, they're five and three right now. They're, they're only one game behind the Dolphins only because they had their bye week. And I think we're looking at this game completely um, it, it, it through a different lens. And, and especially, too, when I look at the rosters, because I think it's really important, and I would encourage people to do this, when, you, when you're previewing matchups, and this is something that I really try to do um, on the podcast, and it's something that I'm, I'm learning and getting better at, obviously, it's a growing period, but when you look at matchups, you can't just look at records, because that is how a lot of people, you get the phrase, man, never saw that coming. You know, when when a, a, a six and two team plays a, you know, two and four team uh, or, or that one, a six and two team plays like a, a, a two and six team. And, you know, you look at it and say, man, I never thought they would have beat them. 
But if you actually look at the matchup, you know, sometimes teams favor well against other rosters. And when I look at this Browns team, I see a team that is extremely talented. I see a roster that, if not for the quarterback, is a top three, top four roster in the NFL. I mean, they have talent galore all over. They have, on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, their offensive line's one of the best in the NFL. I would argue it's probably the best in the NFL, maybe aside from the Eagles. Okay, they got guys like Amari Cooper, right? Dave Njoku, even though he's not like a George Kittle, he's still good. And they got, in my opinion, for my money, the best running back in football with Nick Chubb. So they got a, a loaded roster on offense. And then you look at defense, I mean, studs everywhere. It's like we all know Miles Garrett on the defensive line, Jadavian Clowney. They got Greg Newsom and Denzel Ward in the secondary. Jer- Jeremiah Wosu-Kormoa, which if you've listened to this podcast for an extended period of time, you knew that going back to the 2021 draft, I had Jeremiah Wosu-Kormoa as my linebacker too. And I think that the way they've used him with the speed and the versatility that he has, he is a weapon on defense. And so I look at this Browns roster and I say, man, this team has speed. This team has studs galore. And, you know, I just left away, you know, when I was kind of uh, doing the research before I made the podcast. And I was like, this is a good team. And I think that if you just look at the record and you look at them as three and five, you're not doing it justice because you're probably going to think that the Browns aren't a good team, but they are. And I think that easily with some of the games that they've lost, some of the close games that they've lost, this could be a five and three football team for sure. Um, So going into this game, I just, I'm going to say this off the bat. I think the Dolphins are going to win, but I'm not going to lie. I have that feeling that this could be a game where we look back and we're like, man, if only the Dolphins had beat the Browns. Like, I don't know why I just have that feeling in my stomach. There's something that I don't like about this game. I don't know what it is. The Dolphins are playing at home. We are on a three-game win streak. We are more talented. But there's just something about this game right now that just has me feeling unsettled. And I don't know if you feel the same way. I've talked to a couple people outside of the podcast, and they've kind of agreed that they also feel that way. And I think a lot of that just comes from the fact that, you know, a lot of people in um, that are Dolphins fans are kind of disrespecting the Browns because they're just looking at the record. But if you actually know the roster and know the games they've played and how some of them have really come down to the wire, this is a much better team than three and five would suggest. So let's break down, like we always do on the podcast, the offense and the defense for both sides of the, uh, for both teams. So starting off, this is what I want to do. I'm going to read you. For both offenses, the Dolphins and the Browns, and I'm going to read you the stats for their passing, receiving, and rushing leaders. And I'm going to do that for both teams because I think that it's going to give you a good indication of what these teams like to do offensively. I'm not going to tell you guys anything. I want you to do it. Okay, I'm going to just read them to you, and I want you, wherever you're listening to, uh, to this podcast, I want you to think to yourself, what kind of offense do they like to run? Okay, let's start with passing. The Dolphins to a tongue of Iloa in six games played, 1,980 yards, 15 touchdowns, three interceptions. Jacoby Prissett in nine games, 1,860 yards, seven touchdowns, five interceptions. So right now, Tua is averaging a little over 300 yards a game, uh, two and a half touchdowns a game, and a half of a half an interception a game. 
Jacoby Brissett is averaging just over 200 yards, just under one touchdown per game, and a half an interception per game. Okay, let's go to receiving yards. The Cleveland Browns leading receiver, Amari Cooper, 39 receptions, 553 yards, five touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, the Dolphins' leading receiver, 76 receptions, so that's almost double. 1,104 yards, that's double. Three touchdowns. Rushing yards. The Browns' leader, Nick Chubb, 149 yards, or 149 carries, 841 yards, 10 touchdowns. The Dolphins' leading rusher, Raheem Moster, 478 yards, two touchdowns. So based off of those stats, I want you to tell me which team likes to favor what in their offense. And if you're thinking to yourself, the Dolphins like to favor the pass game, obviously, and the Browns like to favor the run game, well, that's an easy dub for you today. Give yourself a pat on the back. That is exactly correct. And I think that if you're Josh Boyer, if you're the Dolphins, you clearly see this. I think everyone and their brother, when looking at the film and when looking at the stats of these teams, it is very clear that the Browns on offense like to go through their run game. Nick Chubb's on pace for 1,500 yards rushing and 18 touchdowns. Now, we're going to talk about when we get to the Dolphins offense, why I think that the run game numbers are a little skewed, and we'll get to that. But as far as the Browns offense, and I guess inadvertently we're starting with the Dolphins defense, the key to the Dolphins defense is going to be shutting down that run game. And if you guys have been listening to the podcast this season, you know that basically every single week, I have pleaded that Josh Boyer stop being so aggressive in the secondary. And the reason for that is because you have Xavier Howard, who's dealing with two groin injuries. You have injuries galore with Nick Needham, Byron Jones, Brandon Jones. Okay, so you have injuries galore and you're putting these guys man on man. Now, understandably so, because a lot of the guys that you have signed are in a scheme that suits them, which is a man dominant scheme. Okay, so I understand that, you know, that's what they do best. However, I just didn't think that they need to be as aggressive with crowding the line of scrimmage, especially now that they got Bradley Chubb. You don't need to be as aggressive. Give those guys more help in the secondary. However, if there's a week where Anthony is going to say, you need to crowd the line of scrimmage, it's going to be this week. Because if you can stop the Browns rushing attack with Nick Chubb, I find it hard to believe that Jacoby Prissett is going to be able to beat you. Again, he's only averaging slightly over 200 yards a game, which is not a lot. And he's not even averaging a touchdown a game. He only has seven touchdowns. That's half. That's less than half of what Tua has in three more games. So their offense is clearly through the run game. And understandably so, they have the best running back in the NFL and one of the best O-lines. So if you're the Dolphins' defense, I think it is going to be very, very crucial in this game that you stop the run. And that is going to be mainly my one, I, I have two, but it's going to be mainly my one and only key to victory for the Dolphins on defense. Now, you're probably asking yourself, but Anthony... How's the Dolphins run defense? Well, funny you will ask that because the Dolphins, and I, I did the numbers, the Dolphins right now have given up 
1,057 yards on the ground. Of that 1,057, only 670 of those yards is by running backs. Okay, we faced Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, Kenny Pickett ran on, ran on us a little bit. Josh Allen ran for 50 yards on us. And so when you actually add all the numbers up of how much quarterbacks have run on us, you get the number that only 670 of those 1,057 yards have come from actual running backs, which over nine games, that's only 74 rushing yards per game to running backs. That's really good. Okay, that's really good. And I think that this is going to be one of those games where, again, if you're just looking at, you know, the rankings, you're going to say, man, the Dolphins, they're giving up like 120 rushing yards a game. They're not that good stopping the run. And again, there's going to be a lot of people saying that that don't watch Dolphins games. And if you watch Dolphins games, we've actually been pretty good at stopping the run. Again, there's been a couple plays, specifically the ones that come to mind. You know, when we played the Jets with Brees Hall and then also Dalvin Cook with the Vikings, there's a couple of runs that come to mind where, you know, they may have broke on a big run. But overall, mainly the, the big runs that the Dolphins have given up have been to quarterbacks. You look at the Justin Fields last week, breaking the all-time rushing record for a quarterback in one game. And you look at Lamar Jackson, you know, had them up 35 to 14 when he hit that like 70 yard run on that quarterback option. Dolphins go cover zero, full out blitz. He breaks it in the hole and goes 75 yards. You understand that a lot of the Dolphins' woes on defense as far as the run game have come from quarterbacks. Well, luckily, you are playing a statue at quarterback in Jacoby Brissett. This is a guy that is not going to be able to run all over you. Okay, he's not. And so if there's a week where you need to crowd the line of scrimmage and shut down the run game and force Jacoby Brissett to beat you, it's this week. However, with that being said, I do understand that you do have an injured cornerback in Xavier Howard dealing with two groin injuries, which that's extremely painful. You're not going to be able to run at full speed. You're not going to be able to stop and go and cut as well as you would. So it does have a huge impact. So what I would do in this game is similar to the game plan, kind of, that you saw against the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, this is what I would do. Crowd the line of scrimmage. When they try to run, put more guys up there than they have to protect, obviously. I'm talking six guys at the line of scrimmage. Force them to pass the ball. And when they do, this is something that I loved that they did against the Bengals. The only issue was that the Dolphins' offense wasn't doing a lot, so eventually the defense broke, and the Bengals have a much better wide receiver core than the Browns. But what they did is they left Xavier Howard one-on-one with their wide receiver two, which is Tyler Boyd, and they put Noah Igbenogany, or whoever their cornerback two was with the rotation, they gave him help with Javon Holland and doubled their wide receiver one. So in this game, what I would do is I would put, whether it's Bethel, whether it's Keon Crossan, I would put them on Amari Cooper and allow Javon Holland to double them. And I would put Xavier Howard on, you know, any other wide receiver just to kind of shut them down. And even if you do put Xavier Howard on Amari Cooper, I would still give him help because Amari Cooper is one of the best route runners in the NFL. 
And with Xavier Howard, I mean, we saw when Xavier Howard played Amari Cooper in 2019, Amari Cooper kind of embarrassed him. <laughs> I mean, and, and the fact that he's dealing with injuries, I just don't think that putting Xavier Howard on their best cornerback one-on-one is a good idea. So what I would do is similar to the game plan you had against the Bengals. Play man, crowd the line of scrimmage, give whoever's covering Amari Hooper, Cooper help, and one-on-one with the rest. Because actually, if you go back and watch the games, and this is why I have an issue when people say Byron Jones coming back will fix all the issues, the secondary's actually been playing pretty good football. Has it been amazing? No. Am I going to sit here and say that Byron Jones or, or Keon Crossan or Justin Bethel's as good as Byron Jones? No, I'm not. But at the end of the day, they haven't been doing an awful job. It's not like we're getting destroyed for 300, 400 yards passing a game. So when I'm looking at this game, I look at someone like Jacoby Brissett, doesn't have great pocket awareness, folds under pressure. I'm sending the house to him. I'm crowding the line of scrimmage. I'm forcing them to throw the football. I'm giving whoever is covering Amari Cooper help. Putting, you know, Xavier Howard on an island, especially now that we have a bye week. I'm just looking at him be like, man, one more week and then you have two full weeks to heal up. Just get through this. And I'm doing similar to what I did against the Cincinnati Bengals. Because again, if you force Jacoby Brissett into a, you need to beat us, not the running game. Not only is he not able to do that, but I think it throws off a lot of what the Browns like to do. And this is why I have such an issue with teams that rely so much on the run game is because when you have a run game like the Tennessee Titans have in the past and the Browns have, so much of your offense is dictated on establishing the run game and having a play action pass. And with a quarterback like Jacoby Brissett, who's not able to win games on his own like we've seen Tua do this year, you do rely on that running game. And when the running game is shut down and you no longer have those easy play action pass completions, you're kind of screwed. And so if I'm the Dolphins, and again, this isn't really, this is common sense. This is really easy. I think this is one of the easiest game plans I've ever looked at as far as what I think the Dolphins need to do. You need to crowd the line. I know it's easier said than done. You need to crowd the line of scrimmage, shut down the run game, okay, and force them to beat you in the pass game. And at the end of the day, if you walk away from this game and Jacoby Brissett threw 350 yards on you and he beat you, you walk away, you know, and you say, good game. You tip your cap to him and you say, good game, you beat us. But the good teams, the good defenses in the NFL, that's what they do. When they play teams like this, when they play teams like the Titans, they shut down the run game and force the quarterback to beat them in the air. And I don't think, again, I'm not I'm not trying to disrespect Jacoby Brissett. He's actually been playing decent, I would say, with the Browns. But I think with a team like the Browns, they are so dependent right now because of their quarterback on the run game. And you don't have to worry about a Justin Fields breaking contain and running for 70 yards. You don't have to worry about a Lamar Jackson or a Josh Allen. You have to worry about Jacoby Brissett, who is a backup for a reason. And I think that if you send the house, create pressure, double Amari Cooper, just leaves Avian Howard on Island, I think you're going to stop a lot of what they like to do. Uh, and so I think that, you know, if you look at the stats, you would say the Dolphins aren't great at the run game and the Browns have a really good run game and that's a bad matchup. But I would actually say that this game favors the Dolphins defensive wise because their weakness has actually just been with their linebackers at containing quarterbacks. They've actually been pretty decent at stopping the run this season. Again, 74 yards given up to running backs per game. That's not bad at all. 
So I think the defensive game plan, again, you stop Nick Chubb, you take away their best player, which is Nick Chubb, and you force Jacoby Brissett to beat you in the air. And if he does, tip your cap to him, you walk away with the L and you take it. But I don't think that this is a game where you just worry so much about Jacoby Brissett and their wide receivers and just let Nick Chubb run all over. I think that they need to crowd the line of scrimmage. You're not, you're not going to hear me say that many times because I don't like how aggressive the Dolphins have been. But again, you, you, you keep those guys up there. We're talking five-man fronts. Chubb, Wilkins, uh, Sealer, Davis, uh, and um, Phillips, you know, five-man front. Maybe have a linebacker like a Landon Roberts who's great at stopping the run. And then you just let your cornerbacks play man-to-man. I think they've been doing a really good job at it. And you hope that you can stop that run game. Now we flip to the Dolphins offense, okay? And I want to go back to what I mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast, which is look at their season leaders and tell me what they like to do. Again, Tua averaging over 300 yards passing per game, two and a half touchdowns, a half interception. Receiving yards, Tyree kills on pace to break pretty much every receiving record known to man. Jalen Waddle's not even that far behind. We've, we haven't talked about Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle, in the next, I mean, by the end of the Texans game, he's probably going to have broken 1,000 yards receiving. And we're, we're not even talking about it because of everything Hill's doing. But like Jalen Waddle last year, we were like, man, if he can get over 1,000 yards, he's he's a proven, he, he's going to be the guy for us. It's like we're, we're almost, we're halfway through the season and he's almost at 1,000 yards and he's our wide receiver too. So, like, this team clearly goes through the passing game. And this is why when I talked about the rushing yards earlier on, I said, I don't really think that it tells the whole story. Because I've seen a lot of people, when they talk about the Dolphins run game, they say, you know, Dolphins run game isn't that good. It's not elite. And you would be right. The Dolphins run game isn't elite. But I think here's where the issue lies. The Dol- gone are the days where the Dolphins need to have the best rushing game in order to win games. This isn't Ryan Tannehill. You don't need to have J.J.I. Mr. October run for 200 yards every week in order to win games. The Dolphins are now a pass-first team. And I put them, again, I'm not putting two in the same league as Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes right now, but what I'm trying to say is the way I view the Dolphins' offense is the way I view the Bills' offense, the way I view the Chiefs' offense. You, their quarterback and their wide receivers are, are damn near unstoppable and they don't need an elite run game. They just need a complimentary run game. And I think when you look at the Dolphins rushing yards and attempts, it's not so much that the Dolphins don't run the football well, it's that they don't really run the football a lot. And why would you when you have a guy like Hill making what he's making, you, you know, a sixth overall pick with Jalen Waddle and two is just playing some of the best football in the NFL right now. You don't need to run the football. You just need it here and there to just keep the defense honest. But again, let me read those stats to you about Raheem Mostert. 478 yards on 110 carries. That's 4.34 yards per carry. In the NFL, if you can get four or more yards per carry, that's good. Why? Because there's essentially, aside from the punt, you have three plays, first, second, and third down. So if you can average four yards per carry... That's 12 yards over three plays, which is a first down. So the Dolphins are averaging. They're, they're effective in the run game. 
So it's not really that the Dolphins right now can't run the football, I would say. It's just that, again, when you have Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Tua, you don't need an elite run game. You know, similar to the Chiefs and the Bills, it's like just get a complimentary run game where it's efficient when you need it, but you don't rely on it. And I think it's a really good model to build. Again, it's important to understand that the Dolphins can run the football. This isn't years past where we're averaging 2.73 yards per carry. No, no, no. We're over four, almost four and a half yards per carry. And I think Jeff Wilson even like last week averaged almost five yards per carry. So we are really effective in the run game. Um, And I just think that going into every week, you know, it's kind of like when we played the uh, the Chiefs in 2020 and we've played the Bills, obviously, two times every year where you go into every game and you're like, they don't need to have an elite run game like their quarterback with their passing game is enough to to make you, you know, crap yourself. And that's where the Dolphins are. I know we're not used to it because we haven't had it since Dan Marino, but that's where the Dolphins are. We're in that category where, again, if I'm a team looking at them, I'm like, oh, my God, we have to stop Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I'm not even thinking about the running game. And on top of it, their quarterback right now is number one in basically every statistical category. And in the ones that he's not number one in, he's like three or four. I'm not I don't care about the run game. And so I could promise you the Browns going into this game are going to be focusing heavily on just sending pressure and dropping everyone back and trying to slow down this this Dolphins passing attack that really no one has an answer to right now. Um, Now, I do think, again, this is where matchups are important. I do think that the Browns have speed on defense. I talked about this earlier. The Browns have speed on defense. And this is a game that I look at it and I go, no team will ever be able to fully catch up with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill because they're two of the fastest in the in the game. Tyreek's the fastest to ever play in the game. However, I do think they can do some things creatively with their defense and the speed they have to kind of slow it down. And again, not every matchup is created equal. Can any of you out there listening to this tell me who the defensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns is? If you can, it's okay because I couldn't either until I was researching for this matchup. The Browns defensive coordinator is Joe Woods. Joe Woods, before he came to the Cleveland Browns in 2020, worked for the San Francisco 49ers. Same place that Mike McDaniel came from. Same scheme that Mike McDaniel came from. And when he was there, he was the defensive backs coach and passing game coordinator. So if anyone is going to know what type of stuff the Dolphins like to do, what type of stuff this scheme likes to do, how to create passing uh, lanes, how to set up play action passes. It's going to be this guy because he spent a year in the system, not only as the defensive backs coach, but as the passing game coordinator. So that's why I say not every matchup is created equal because this is a team Yes, they're three and five, but not only are they extremely talented, not only should they have won more games probably than they have won, but also they have a guy coaching their defense that is going to know, similar to what the Jets did, they're going to know a lot about how to stop this passing game. And so here are the two keys for the Dolphins to win offensively. So on defense, we talked about stop the run mainly, but double Amari Cooper kind of like you did against the Cincinnati Bengals with Jamar Chase. So with the Dolphins, 
the main two things that they need to do, and one of them is the most important thing, is you're going to need the offensive line to show up. Because I think the Browns have a very good defensive line with Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney and those guys in the middle. So if your offensive line performs, you're going to be able to run the football well. You're going to be able to give Tua more time, which I think last week when you look at the Browns game with the time he has, I mean, he's getting the ball out in under 2.6 seconds. But still, when you give Tua time to dissect and, and just let him do his thing, he's damn near and unstoppable. But the main reason I say the number one thing is that the offensive line needs to show up is because the number two thing is just go out there and do what you do best. And I think we've kind of come to that point with the Dolphins offense where I look at the Chiefs and I look at the Bills and I look at those powerhouse offenses and I go, I feel like game in and game out, they just go, we're better than you. We have better weapons. We have better talent. And we're just going to go out there and do what we do. And you really can't stop us. You know, again, I look at games like the Bills whenever we play them. I look at games like when we've played the Chiefs in the past. And what were we all saying? You're probably not going to be able to stop them for four quarters. So what you're going to have to do is try to outscore them. And I think that's kind of where teams have come to the come to the table now with the Dolphins is, you know, you look at the Browns or you look at the Bears, you look at the Lions. It's like even the Ravens game. It's like, it's not that those teams weren't doing well. It's that we just outscored them. Like, it's not that we were just dominant and we destroyed them by 30 points. No, it's like it was a high scoring game. We just scored more points because our offense could not be stopped. And I think against the Browns, while I don't think we're going to score 35, 42 points because they do have better speed on their defense. They have a defensive coordinator with knowledge of the system um, with um, coming from San Francisco with Joe Woods, but I think that this is just a game where you go out there and you play the you play your hot hand, okay, and you understand that you are a team that in the passing game has been damn near unstoppable. You're a team that's running game hasn't been elite, but it doesn't need to be. It just needs to be complementary, and I think you just go out there and you say, we have better weapons, we have a better quarterback. And we're just going to continue to play the style of football we like until you can show that you can stop it. And so, again, like I said at the beginning, this is not a game. And, and who knows, what, however I feel about a game, that doesn't even matter. Because I thought that we'd crush the Lions and I thought the Bears game would be a little, it wouldn't be as close or I guess we wouldn't win in the fashion that we did. So what does it even matter how I feel about a game? But this is a game that just... I don't know. Going into it, I have a weird feeling like I'm like, oh, I just feel uneasy. I'm not saying the Dolphins will lose because I'm going to pick them to win. But at the same time, like I just really think that it's one of those games where if the Browns did win, I feel like a lot of people would be like, man, how could you lose to the three and five Browns? But that's because you're just looking at the record rather than the actual team and how they match up against us. So overall, all in all, I do think the Dolphins win this game. They're playing at home. The Dolphins play much better at home, like most teams should. It's your home atmosphere. I think the Dolphins are doing an all-whiteout. I saw Tom Garfinkel post that they're doing an all-whiteout, fans included. And last time I checked the weather for the game as of right now is you couldn't ask for a better day. 84 degrees, completely sunny. The Like right now, I live in Oklahoma. Right now, the temperature, the temperature outside is 35 degrees and it's windy. So, again, you're not dealing with that hot, 
you know, September, August heat in Miami, but going from in Cleveland, actually, you know what? I'm not sure right now. Um, let's see. Hey Siri, what's the temperature in Cleveland, Ohio right now? Right now it is 59 degrees and raining in Cleveland, Ohio. And so again, when you're going from that change of atmosphere where you're going basically to a summer temperature all of a sudden, it is going to affect things. The Dolphins are going to be wearing all white. I assume the Browns are probably going to be wearing their all brown, which is a dark color, so they're going to be absorbing the heat. Um, I do think the Dolphins win. I think that the only things that scare me, again, is the fact that the Browns are a really talented team. And on top of that, the Browns, like, this is more of a must-win game for the Browns than the Dolphins. Like, the Dolphins obviously need to win this game because it's going to help them with their playoff chances. But even if we lose this game, we go into the bye week five and four and we're playing the Texans next two weeks from now, which again, no, no games a gimme, but you should be able to win that. So it's not as much of a must win. Whereas the Browns, it's like, man, if you can get these next two weeks and you can win and you could be five and five and now Deshaun Watson comes in, you're still alive in the playoff hopes. At least that's going to be their thought. So I could see them coming out again, just maybe a little hungrier in this game, which worries me a little bit, but I just think the Dolphins playing at home, they're on fire right now on offense. Defensively, you don't have to worry about a running quarterback like Lamar Jackson or um, uh, Justin Fields. And I think that plays into their strength, especially with the addition of Bradley Chubb, crowd the line of scrimmage, force them to throw the football, stop the run game, create pressure on Jacoby Brissett. I think the Dolphins win. I don't think it's a super, super high scoring game. I'm going to go with a final score. Dolphins win 27 to 21, which means that the Dolphins would cover. But if you're a betting man or woman, I would take the under because the over under is at 49 points. I would take the under um, and I think the Dolphins cover, but it's it's uh, by a final score of 27 to 21. So that's all I have for you guys today. I hope that we are talking on Monday about another Finns dub, okay? Uh, because if that happens, the Dolphins will be six or seven and three, excuse me, not six and three. Dolphins will be seven and three. And the Jets have a bye week. So if the Dolphins win, we will automatically just be ahead of them by, by you know, numbers. And the Bills play the Vikings this week. And if you haven't been keeping up to track with that, Josh Allen has a UCL injury. Um, I think it's called the ulnar collateral ligament is the UCL. It's an elbow injury, which is a pretty serious injury. Um, I, I think that they said there's no like actual significant damage. Like he's not going to be out for, you know, I think if you injure it, you're out for like a year at least. It's nothing that serious, but nonetheless, it is going to affect him throwing the football. We saw that last week. They lost to the Jets. And I think that the more he plays with it, the more he's going to irritate it. So even if he does play, I don't know how good he will play. And then if he doesn't play, I mean, the Vikings could win. So we're talking about a legitimate chance to where if the Dolphins, if you win this game against the Browns and the Bills don't play Josh Allen, or if he does play, he doesn't play as well and you win, the Vikings win, the Dolphins have a realistic chance of being number one in their division. Then you have a bye week and then you have the Houston Texans and you control your fate moving forward with the last six games. So the Dolphins are in a really good position right now, but it all starts this week at Hard Rock Stadium against the Cleveland Browns, the three and five Cleveland Browns, who are better than their record would say. So that's all I have for you today. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. I'll see you on Monday 
to review the Dolphins Week 10 matchup. Fins up. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins.